on this Feelman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. That was my draft story, but I just wanted to, uh, again, come in and try to present an accurate product. Thank you. I appreciate you correcting me. I needed it. I throw myself on your mercy. I'm glad you're a Christian man and you're required to forgive me and show me grace. Otherwise, I'd be like really in trouble. You're really condescending in that open. No, I'm not. Very condescending. I'm, I'm kind thankful of... for your forgiveness. <laughs> Very thankful for your forgiveness. I don't know how forgiving the people of the state of Ohio are going to be when they get the latest uh, news from the governor and from Dr. Amy Acton. It happened overnight, I guess. I don't know. I have a friend who works for a public policy uh, entity, mm -hmm. and I happened to... Uh, he had sent me a radio interview that he did. Uh, and I didn't get around to listening to it last night until I laid down to go to bed well after 11 o'clock. So I listened to it, and I just shot him a text to acknowledge that I had listened to the interview. And then that birthed a back and forth between us where he was apprising me of the latest information. And he said the state order just came out, mm. extending the stay-at-home order until May the 29th. You and I just looked online here, and the story from NBC4i.com came out at 6 a.m. I'm sure that's a refresh. But we'll have some details on that. But essentially, I don't. I didn't follow the governor's press conference yesterday. Did you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Did he announce this yesterday, no. May 29th? Okay. He so this is an over. Have an announcement. Okay. Well, the announcement is you wake up today and you find out that there there is a relaxing of some standards. Uh, we're going to have uh, outpatient procedures can start today, May 1st. Welcome to May. Welcome to the uh, Friday edition of the Spielman Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Everyone, I'm Bruce Hooley. That's Chris Spielman. You can watch us on YouTube. You can catch uh, snippets of the show on Instagram, Facebook, Spielman and Hooley page, um, and Twitter at We Tackle. Today's a big day. We have our drawing of uh, four names, $250 each in COVID-19 relief. I'm excited about that. Absolutely. And uh, I know that we have some uh, people uh, in need, and I'm going to save a little bit of that for the uh, face segment because there's some struggles that I have had Uh with this and how we went about this and, and it'll all fall into place when we get to the face segment i do want to just give before we get into all this i want to give a quick update um mm -hmm. on my six thousand mile challenge and any of those out there that have also taken up a fitness challenge either during this covid 19 lockdown or you did it january 1st you have pledged to ride walk run elliptical 6, well running miles. is not an <laughs> that definition of running but yes uh six thousand miles in a year that's 16.2 miles uh, a day or 500 miles a month mm -hmm. so as of today now this doesn't i did not work out yet today i'll usually work out when i when i get home as Slacker of today 70712 may 1st may 1st 2690 so 2,690 miles have been in the books. So you, you're you well. So I'm two months ahead of schedule. Two months yeah. ahead of schedule. I mean, you don't have to hit the 3,000 mark until so, 60 days from well, now. Well, I think the quarantine has helped that. So, But in yeah. uh, last night, I thought this was uh, interesting. I've always kind of told tall tales about my ability to eat fast food when I am down and focused. You know, they, Are they tall tales? They're not true. No, they're true. But they're so still, they're like, they're tales. They're they're yeah. I I just was thinking of like Paul Bu Paul Bunyan popped into my mind for some reason you when are, I said tall tales. You are Bunyan esque when it comes to eating fast food on uh, your rare on your rare binges. Well, once a year, twice a year. It, yeah, once. So last night was once a year, and wow. so the uh, the girls went out 
and supported a Burger King. Oh, okay. Which I we never get. I haven't eaten. I don't know when the last time I ate Burger King was. And uh, they they didn't believe that I could eat what I said I could eat, so they got me the order. Mm-hmm. And uh, but they could only get. They had to guess because they wanted to surprise me. Okay. So three whoppers with cheese were consumed within ten minutes, and really felt hungry afterward. Did were any have, of them the impossible whopper or do we need to get you an angioplasty? Well, I, I, I looked at the impossible whopper and um I I see that the impossible whopper almost has as many calories as the real whopper. So I thought what's the point? That's right. <laughs> at least the, yeah, that's well, I get the generic I've had, you can get the real thing. I had an impossible whopper a while back or whopper junior just to taste it. It was fabulous. Yeah. It's not bad. You ever try that? I have not. It's it's really good. So but. Sherry and I have gone to Cleveland three times in the last couple of weeks to uh, do a little work at our house up there, and um, we've stopped at BK. We've gone with the – she has the chicken sandwich coupon, the double chicken nice. – two chicken sandwiches, so I've become a fan of that. Yeah, So, but it was fun. Right. Anyway, that's just a little little insight into how we stay busy. Did you notice I broke out the Zubaz from – very nice. The 90s? You didn't Very even nice. notice I... Oh, you wore them last week. I'm no, used to them. They're becoming your uniform of the day. Uh, you're going to have to go about 50 miles today to get rid of at least one of those whoppers. It's going to be... Uh, I'm probably well, I'm I'm looking at a 75-mile weekend. So All right. Or, we, or Friday, Saturday. Cool. Well, we're excited to be with you guys this morning. We're going to talk a little bit about the latest uh, order from the governor and from uh, Dr. Acton. I'll be nice. I was going to say... I was going to say, like, the real just, governor. I'm just going to laugh. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, okay. And uh, we have a new sponsor, and we're excited to tell you about our new sponsor. We have Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, of course, and we're still excited to talk about them. I got an email this morning from somebody on another topic, and uh, he said, by the way, my favorite Hemisphere Coffee flavor is, uh, what did Zach tell me that his favorite flavor is this morning? I don't know. You're uh, rolling with the... Uh, whatever's... I, I, whatever they put I in got the it, Yeah, whatever they, I, it doesn't matter. They're all good. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, Zach. Intermission is better. Shout out to Zach at yeah, UT's Farm Market. Zach says, where did he put that? Must have, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not good on Gmail. I'm not good on finding Gmails, but. Uh, well, you're usually prepared for a show. But I am prepared. I was prepared, but I didn't, you know, anyway. <laughs> but obviously today is a, an exception. No, go we ahead. got a lot going on. Right, we I got know, Andy got... Dalton released. We got a new sponsor. We got uh, emails to get to. We've got our 20, uh, we got our COVID-19 relief drawing. Uh, this would be a good time to remind you, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, uh, they uh, pay the direct grower in Thailand, Ethiopia, and Nicaragua. They do great work in those uh, impoverished places, and uh, their coffee's awesome. So uh, order it, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Get 15% off when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE, in all caps, or contribute your discount to COVID-19 Relief. Uh, they have contributed uh, 300 bucks yep. to uh, COVID-19 Relief, and we appreciate that very, very much. So you can forfeit your discount and just note in the comment section, that you're a Spielman Hooley listener, they'll donate your discount to COVID-19 relief and add to it. So uh, we appreciate Andy and um, Grace and Paul and everybody at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Okay, uh, the the order is stay in place until May the 29th. The uh, elective surgeries can commence today. Manufacturing, distribution, and construction can open up May the 4th. I've seen guys doing construction on houses. I don't yeah. know why you couldn't. There's only a couple guys in a huge mongoose house. Uh, general offices can reopen May the 4th. That's Monday. 
Companies are asked to have employees work from home if possible. May 12th is the big day. This is the big change. Retail businesses with employees and customers wearing masks. I thought, now, it uh, says I, that. Yeah, I thought the mask thing. The mask thing is voluntary, but Dr. Acton is saying she's strongly encouraging businesses to require masks. Okay. So Governor DeWine said he thought the masks, mandating the masks from the government level was an overreach, and I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, not to mention, don't put masks on babies. I read an article on that where that's not good for kids two and under or three and under or whatever it is. So. Okay. I think we need to come out and I hope they come out and address that. Yeah. Maybe if they have not, I haven't watched every bit of the press conference, but with wearing a mask, I hope people understand that, you know, there's are dangerous to wearing that. And if you wear one for eight hours, know you're taking in a bunch of carbon dioxide, which isn't good for you I either. I saw a news story yesterday of a guy who was trying to be overly protective. He wore an N95 mask. And he passed out while driving and had an accident. I mean, yeah. So common sense. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, businesses will reopen, need to employ safe business practices. What is that? Uh, they'll tell us today at two o'clock. But if you're thinking I'm going to go get a haircut, I can go back to my gym. I can go to a restaurant. No, you can't. Uh, those are exempted from this order. They want to see how the first openings go. They're going to watch the numbers and watch the spike. And The numbers in the spike are in the senior centers, long care health facilities, in prisons. That's where all the numbers in the spikes are. That's where most of the cases are. That's where most of the deaths are. That's just the numbers. And so for me, I think it would be wise to focus all our energy on protecting the vulnerable the best we can, whether that's being you're vulnerable if you're sitting in a prison and you're vulnerable if you're in a senior home or a long, a long care uh, facility. I mean, you know, there's a, there's comes a point in time, in my opinion, uh, and I'm doing my best to educate myself so I can make all these decisions based on education and numbers, weigh the risk. I mean, this is exactly what uh, Lieutenant Governor Husted was talking about when he was talking about going back to work and or going to buy something. You know, you weigh the risk. I mean, government can't do everything for you. It can't. Eventually, you have to make up your decision and be able to move without them telling you how to move or where to move. There's a responsibility to yourself and to your family to educate yourself. And I believe that Ohioans slash Americans are smart enough to make their decisions and what's best for their family and their particular circumstance. Like if I'm walking outside of Hooley Manor, I'd never wear a mask. Never. Why? Yeah, you're out in the hinterlands. So fresh air, baby. You know. But anyway, I, I interrupted, but I, I just think oh, that's okay. that's where the risk is. Yeah. I I you and I have been seeking information throughout this. Uh, we uh on both sides of the yeah, argument. On both on both sides of the argument. I think we've been seven, eight weeks in this. In the very beginning, because you have a recognizability in the state of Ohio, you did a PSA for the state, and I don't know that your position has just go through how your positions evolved on it, and what you've learned throughout the eight weeks, and where you are with all. Are you, are you glad you did that? Regret yes. doing that? No, what? no, because no, I think it was it's a coronavirus or novel vi novel coronavirus, which means mm -hmm. new. They haven't seen it, right? It's a mutation of some virus. So yeah. 
I don't think anybody knew what they were dealing with. So for me, at the beginning, it made a lot of sense. I think the more and more that we learn, and the numbers now, they don't talk about certain numbers, that 90% of the fatalities in the state of Ohio have come from people with 60 or 65 and over with underlying conditions. I don't understand why that's not mentioned. I have no idea why that's not mentioned. There's been zero deaths, I believe, of people 30 and under, mm. or maybe one. Zero. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I think I just, like we talked about that one whole day of COVID-19, that show, that I need all the numbers so I can make an informed choice and decision on what's best for me and my family. And so I'm, I'm was very supportive and still am supportive and would do it all over again if we were put back seven weeks ago or eight weeks ago and asked to do this, would you do this? And of, of course I would because I think it was the smart thing to do. But now we have new numbers. We have over 1 million, 0.05, 1.05 million people are unemployed. In Ohio. In, in, just in Ohio, 30, 30 plus in our country. Million, and, 30 and, plus million. And probably more than that, yeah. right? And so um, now if they were to ask me to do a PSA, I would say, sure. I would say, let's open things up like we're doing. Let's be aware of our surroundings, be aware of social distancing, if the company requests that you wear a mask for 10 minutes that you're in a store, I would put one on. Absolutely. I would do it at, at, at whatever that business rule set. I would do it. I'm not going to fight them on that. Um, and the other thing I would do is, is, and I'm telling my kids this, is, you know, I, I sent them a text this morning. I said, just a reminder to, you know, wash your hands. More than normal, mm -hmm. you know, if you sneeze, cover your cough and uh, be responsible. If you're around older people, uh, make sure you're extra uh, conscience, uh, uh, conscious of their situation and understand that you could be a asymptomatic carrier. So stay away from them and st don't live with fear. I, I mean, don't live in fear. I get it. Anybody can get this. There's been zero deaths from anybody uh, 20 and under. I know that for sure. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I would do that, and I would say, uh, Governor DeWine, if you want me to do this, here's here's the PSA that I would like to put on it. If I can do it my own word, be, be aware, be responsible, live without fear, be respectful of other people and what they want done in their place of business. That's what I would do. Is that fair? Yeah. And let's get back at it. Let's attack let's attack life. Let's attack the virus well, and let's yeah. attack life. Well, I mean the University of Iowa's getting back at it. They're gonna start football right. practice on June. June the first. Their president said yesterday, Well, we're getting back at it June the first. I, I don't know if he can do that. But per, per, uh, well, Purdue's getting back at it. Texas A and M's gonna open up eleven of their yeah. their main campus and their Oregon's opening back up. You know Mario so, Cristobal's taking a pay I, cut. You know, I just think there's too many studies out there saying that let's destroy an economy, let's destroy um, people's lives by and and by taking away their livelihood and and not giving them a choice. Uh, I think it's time to choose, and there's enough information. And my only 
advice would be to educate yourself on your own personal situation and that you can have the freedom to make the choice of how you go about this um, and understand your circumstances. And then you can either take extra caution or you can be a little less cautious. It's not that difficult, in my opinion. Uh, you want to draw winners or you want to wait till the end? Wait till the end. Okay. We're going to wait till the end today. Uh, Andy Dalton released. Hey, you haven't, I mean, I gave my opinion. Yeah. I, I, you haven't okay. said anything. I'll give, I'll give my, well, I'll give my opinion. Okay. I want to hear it. I uh, think it is becoming increasingly difficult to make a plausible case for continuing to lock down our country and our state. New York City might be different, although there are news reports from funeral directors in New York that they are putting COVID-19 on every death certificate and that the numbers may be inflated. Look, there's no, that's, to me, that is ancillary information. It is silly to dispute that COVID-19 is not a serious health concern in New York City. What, I would not dispute that it's, one bit. It's a serious virus everywhere, but yeah. it doesn't mean... It's shut her down. Thankfully, the system has not been overwhelmed, but the there, there are real challenges in New York that do not appear to be nearly as prevalent anywhere else. I think to lock our country down and to ruin the economy and to ruin people's lives by ruining the economy is no longer justifiable. It is just no longer justifiable. The numbers, there. I have not seen a story. I've seen many people justify locking it down and it's important to save one life. Every life is important, but it is not, it's just not logical to say we're going to eliminate all risk. We don't do that in any realm of society. We don't do that with alcohol, with cars, with airplanes, with anything else. I will just say, as I evaluate the news stories out there, it is becoming impossible to objectively justify locking our country down. I think Dr. Acton's order of May 29th is Excessive. overreach excessive. I think the fact that one person, now I'm talking conceptually here. I'm not talking about her and her heart and her mindset and whatever. I'm sure it's genuine, but I think our Ohio legislature needs to get back to work and address whatever there is in the Ohio revised code that allows one person, the blanket authority to shut down the state of Ohio solely at their discretion. It's that a, is just not wise in a free society. It's just in the, it's, I believe it's in the Ohio Constitution. That is ridiculous that one person, not a body of duly elected representatives, can make a call. I know that the duly elected body of representatives are not all doctors, like the health director of the state of Ohio position is presumably a doctor, but... That does not mean that those legislatures, do, legislators duly elected by the people of the state of Ohio cannot obtain information from doctors and make decisions as they are charged to do, which is for the good of their constituents. It is ridiculous that any state allows one person to make decisions for the entire state without any oversight. And she has no oversight on this. None. Governor what? DeWine can say he's in charge. She has the authority in the state of Ohio Constitution. It says ultimate authority. There's nothing above ultimate authority. Mm -hmm. So, Isn't the uh, legislator due back in session Monday, May 4th? Oh, hallelujah for that. I believe that's the case. So, yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's my, that's my, my opinion. My concern is, um, I understand. I think everybody's aware of the seriousness of what we're dealing with in the virus, but you have to be responsible. I don't want people. Uh, pro I mean, not that I'm against it. I just it can be avoided. What I don't want to see what there is going on up in Michigan. You know, the more protests, the stringent, the harder the rules come down. I mean, it's just, come on. You have to eventually, I think eventually you have to trust the American people. And in Governor DeWine's case, you have to start trusting your people, the Ohioans, to be smart, be aware, be responsible. You have to trust them that they're going to do that. You can't. One death is one death too many, but you know what? There's death every day. There's death every day. There's unexpected death every single day. There's tragic death. Last night, um, my um, stepdaughters and three of their friends, maintaining social distance so I don't get a citation, were at the house, and they did a prayer session because one of their sorority sisters in January was killed by a drunk driver outside of Pittsburgh. Mm. Okay. That's not fair. Mm-mm. You know, that shouldn't be, that shouldn't happen. And we know that if she happened to be a COVID carrier, that that would be marked as a COVID death. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it would. No, it would be. <laughs> I mean, it would be. So, but that, my point is I want to save lives. In fact, and this is not a point of pride. It's a point of fact that I try to do something every day to save somebody's life or extend somebody's life in working with the James. Yeah. Okay. I know that I'm not going to win because death is undefeated except uh, for 2020 years ago, death lost. Mm -hmm. But uh, since then it's undefeated and it's going to stay undefeated until Until? the second. There you go. So, you know, I, I, it's it's I understand people's frustrations and I also understand people's fear, but I will not let fear dictate me dictate how I or my family lives. Uh, you can email the show Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com. That's how you nominate people for COVID nineteen relief. We'll draw the four winners today in the faith portion of the podcast at the end. As I said yesterday, um, I had a great conversation with uh, some new friends of the show and new sponsors that I want to tell you about and. I've come to a new conclusion. When we started this, I was going to go out and I was going to try to find anybody I could who wanted to sponsor and advertise on the podcast. And I made up my mind after talking yesterday with Chrissy. You didn't consult me on No, I didn't. I'm the CEO. I'm, I'm Dr. Amy Acton of the podcast, brother. I have ultimate authority. You do. <laughs> so yesterday after having an hour conference call, just getting to know Chrissy and her mission at um, AUI, which is a insurance brokerage in Akron. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to stop looking for advertisers. I'm going to let God show us who should advertise on a podcast. Because, man, these people fit us just like Hemisphere Coffee fits us, just like Kurtz Brothers fits us. Uh, Third-generation family business. Here's how it started. So they buy insurance for small businesses and for individuals, too. If you're a family and you want insurance, you can go to AUI info.com auinfo.com but small businesses in particular you know man 
more, never more so than now. Small businesses are scrambling to stay in business, right? Yeah. I mean, you got to staff, you got to buy product, you got to do your books, you got to do this, that, and the other. You don't have time to be messing around pricing health insurance and dealing with health insurance issues and dealing with HR issues and all those things. AUI takes all that off your table for you. But here's what I love about the business. Her grandmother started working at the business. Her grandmother wow. was a secretary, okay? Chrissy's grandmother was a secretary at the business. Her grandfather was a pastor. So the grandmother worked there to make extra money because pastors don't make much money. So then after the grandmother worked there for years and years and years and years, her son, Chrissy's dad, bought the business. Well, Chrissy's dad passed away four years ago, and now Chrissy and her husband, Steve, bought the business. So third generation. Wow. They're, they are a small business. AUI is 17 employees in Akron. Yeah. Her cousin is a on the football staff at Maslin. Well, she's a winner in my <laughs> eyes. What kind of she's shirts a, do they she, sell? She is a winner. Yes, we'll get you a shirt. <laughs> so in like in the first part of our conversation, she's, I said, what sets you apart? What can I tell people sets you apart? And she's like, usually when you get insurance through a broker for your small business, you know, they take your, they take your business, they move on, they recruit other business. She said, I don't feel right. I have a problem getting paid without doing more. Mm -hmm. I just love that. I have a problem getting paid without doing more. So their agents get back in touch with people at least quarterly, sometimes monthly. Mm -hmm. What do you need? What can we do for you? What can we help you with? And right now, small businesses are swimming. They're swimming in debt. They're swimming trying to figure out how do we ramp back up? How do we help our employees file unemployment? How do we do this? How do we do yeah. that? So you want to have that relationship. And AUI handles all that for you. They're awesome. AUIinfo.com. AUIinfo.com. And look, right. I, th I thought if you work for a small business, small businesses are families. Remember the first four names we drew on COVID-19 yeah. relief? Or two of them were from a restaurant where the woman owned the restaurant and had to lay off her employees. And yeah. she goes, my heart's breaking. Yeah. And she said, they're family. Well, you say, well, I don't own a small business, so I don't need AUI. How about you go tell your boss, hey, boss, if you have issues with insurance, you want somebody who'll serve you better, maybe you ought to check out auiinfo.com. Right. auiinfo.com. They're awesome. So uh, we love them. And uh, welcome to uh, the Spielman and Hooley podcast. Welcome to AUI. Farewell, Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? I, I, why? It's a time. Save the money. Joe, I think Joe money, Burrow doesn't look like he's a delicate flower that couldn't handle Andy Dalton being around. No, I, I think money-wise it probably makes sense. And, and Andy Dalton, from my understanding, asked for the release. Uh, he's been a good soldier for a long time down there, and he wants to have the opportunity. And so it doesn't make sense to pay what you're paying Andy Dalton to be your backup. They know that Joe, they've already deemed that Joe Burrow mm -hmm. is going to be their starting quarterback. I mean, that came out last week where they were saying that Joe knows the playbook as well as anybody. Mm -hmm. Ryan Finley can be a capable backup, or if you get another backup in there, that's fine. I prefer they have a veteran backup in there that understands his role. I just Like think, Andy Dalton. Well, I don't want a 20 or $29 million backup. Is he making that coin? He was making pretty good money. All right, I'm going to check that out. I'm thinking he's closer to like 17. You want to bet? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> you never believe me. No, I do believe you. I just don't think he's making 29. Trust but verify. Right, you understand my point, right? I do understand your point, but I, here's, here's an argument I'd make to Mike Brown. What do you pay in total at the quarterback position if you have Andy Dalton and Joe Burrow? 
you're paying less than what other teams are paying, probably. Yeah. I just think you can use that money in other places. That's my point. And I'm not going to have a backup that's making that kind of money. It, it makes no sense. No, makes no sense business-wise. And, you know, the other thing is I know Joe's a big guy, but if Joe struggles early, which is very possible for young rookie quarterbacks, mm -hmm. people will start screaming for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton was due to make 17-5 this year. Oh, you're on it. What uh, was his average? His average salary over the six years was $16 million. So this was the final year of his contract, yeah. and he was due to make 17.5. That's very affordable for a quarterback. Not for a backup quarterback. It's no. ridiculous and stupid. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, again. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I think that um, Andy Dalton – uh, deserves to go get a chance to start. And rumor has it, I think Jacksonville could be his landing spot. I think he's ideal for New England. I would. I do too. I, I think he is. I don't understand what New England, why New England would jump know. on that. I don't know. I just think he's ideal for New England. And they they must have a, a ton of confidence in um, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. But I think Andy Dalton would be a perfect fit in New England. And who knows, maybe Jacksonville. And, and Andy's going to go down there and – He's going to compete with Minshew, which I think he'll probably beat Minshew out, to be honest with you. Um, Here's the thing with Andy Dalton in New England. It's not a lack of confidence in Jarrett Stidham to bring Andy Dalton in. It's an awareness of the fact that you can't win with Brian Hoyer. You can't. I mean, New England, I assume, is going to have Super Bowl aspirations, and they have a defense that could get them there. And... Uh, you know, and maybe Jarrett Stidham can play. He's fine. Maybe they believe in him. I believe Josh McDaniels. He knows what he's doing. Evaluate. Yeah. We know what Brian Hoyer is. Okay, we know what he is. Uh, Brian's a, Brian's a good two or three game fill in, not a long term fill in. I, I we'll have a difference of opinion. I've done. If you had to go the rest of the year with Brian, that's Hoyer. my point. I, I think all backups are two to three game fill ins. When you have to go long term with backups, then you all of a sudden have to go. Long term with multiple backups, you have no shot. Okay, so That's let's the go back to the health. Let's go back to team. the Bengals situation a couple of years ago, where Andy Dalton weirdly broke his thumb by reaching down for a fumble late in the year against the Steelers, and they had to go with AJ McCarron in the playoffs. The famous, you know, Antonio Brown, Pac-Man Jones, mm -hmm. Fontes Burfitt game. If you're the Patriots and that happens, you Jarrett Stidham plays well. You're you know twelve and two, and then boom, Jarrett Stidham breaks his thumb. You want to go the rest of the way with Brian Hoyer? Or you want to go the rest of the way with Andy Dalton? Uh, it depends on what I can get, on what the price is for Andy Dalton. Is Andy Dalton? I mean, I, I don't know where. Andy, see, I wonder what his price will be now. I mean, well, it depends. Is his contract voided, or do you have to pick up that deal? How's that work? No, if he's he was released, he was released, so he's a free agent. Okay, so he. Can but I mean, his contract doesn't. You don't have no, to take his contract. No. Okay, he's released, so his contract is void. If he was traded, that's when you pick up. You have to pick up that deal. So yeah. he's free to negotiate okay. a contract. But I just I think Andy Dalton. Uh, I had a chance to meet with him numerous three times over the last two years. He's, he's a great guy. He was great for the community. Um, the only thing that Andy has on his resume uh, missing is that playoff win. Yep. You know, I, but I do think he's a good player. I think, like I said, I think he's a perfect fit for. Uh, New England quarterback. I would even go venture to say with Andy Dalton, the Patriots be eleven five. Jared Stidham's their quarterback. You're going to hear it here first. Seven or nine or eight and eight for the Patriots Ooh. this year. 
Uh, we can't let Andy Dalton walk away without lauding him for his charitable contributions. Uh, the Andy and J.J. Dalton Foundation has donated millions of dollars to help Cincinnati families, sick kids, local hospitals. They estimate they've impacted 5 million lives. That's amazing. So he's done a great job. Here's a story about Andy Dalton. Last year they're playing in Oakland. Auden Tate gets hurt. Uh, neck injury, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on the, they get on the plane. They're coming home. Andy Dalton has a first-class seat. Is you know, behooves his status as a veteran on the team. I never had that. Well, you're never a quarterback, son. <laughs> Andy Dalton. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Auden Tate's in the back of the plane in a coach seat. He gets up. He walks to the back of the plane. He tells Auden Tate, "Go take my seat." Yeah. That's Andy Dalton. Yeah. I, yeah, of course. I mean, that's who he is. Did he ever stand you up in an interview like Drew Brees? He was late. He was day. late? Yeah. Did he apologize? No. No? I just said you. So you don't find Andy Dalton to be as endearing as all these other people? I do. Okay. Just right. because just he's late. I, I just, here's here's the he thing. He called Joe Burrow and congratulated him on coming to the team, by the way. That's Andy Dalton. Yeah, that's who he is. I love the guy. I would want him as my quarterback. I love the guy. I, I like his intangibles. He's a hard worker. Here's the thing about sounds the, like if he's a blind date, he has a great personality. Here's the here's the thing. No, <laughs> no, he's really good. He's not great. He's really good quarterback. Yeah, it's okay. Well, he got him to the playoffs. He did five times. So that's a lot. Another. It's more than Matthew Stafford's got his team to the playoffs. Twice for Stafford. I think so. Something okay. like that. So you know, it is what it is. Here's Very good. it. The, but I do want to. I'm a little testy about. Uh, this is why I wouldn't be a good journalist or a beat writer or whatever you were in your previous career mm-hmm. with all your ilk. Uh, when we go to these meetings, these players and coaches sometimes act like they're doing me a favor yes. for coming there. That's yeah. why my patience is I understand. is not good because I'm doing them a favor by coming and talking with them. I don't need you to do my job. With the access to film, the access to all your press press conferences, I'm just coming there talking to you personally, so I can get to know you, or I can help you in in any way. I'm not whatever I get in a meeting. I would never say anything to hurt anybody mm-hmm. in a in a meeting one on one in a production meeting. So the only thing that I ask, if the meeting is slated to start at a certain time, your time is not more important than my time. And I can say that with credibility because I was on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. So I've lived both sides. I understand. And if somebody is uh, working out, then don't set the time for the meeting. Set the time for what time you're going to be there. And if you're not coming at that time, don't tell me it's going to be 10 more minutes. Then come back in the room. Oh, he'll be 10 more minutes. Not, I'm not waiting. I refuse to wait. I and, understand. And when I walked out, in New Orleans that one day, I I didn't know if I was going to get fired, but it was one of those moments where I had to stand on principle. I am not waiting for anybody. Now, I went into a, a couple other reasons why, like that my old football locker room Chris came out, which I'm not proud of, but I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I played 11 years in this league, dude. You're sitting right beside me at lunch and you can't come and have a conversation. That's fine if that's the way it is. I'm not waiting for you. It's nothing personal and I shouldn't get mad. I'm just saying, well, you know what? I'm not waiting. This happened up in Cleveland with the uh, 
It was uh, your boy, Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler stood you up? Yeah. And your uh, boy, uh, who was the... He uh, probably heard that on draft night, seconds after they took him, I said, this is one of the worst draft picks in Browns said, history. He probably said... He so knows, he's up there with Spielman. I'm not going to go sit with him. That was your boy, Peter... What's his name? Peter Tom? Peter Jean-Baptiste. And I like Peter a lot, and he's only doing his job by trying to protect sure. the guys. But I'm just—I'm not waiting for this guy. Are you kidding me? Cody Kessler stood you up. Well, now where is he? I don't know. I don't he was—he got released the last. Got trust me on it. I don't know where. Yeah, it is. trust me on this one. It's what else Hugh, you have, Hugh Jackson? Charlie Casserly said of Andy Dalton, "I think Andy Dalton can still help a team." Two yep. years ago, before he was hurt, he was playing the best football of his career. I think with a good team, he can lead them to the playoffs. Patriots. Exceptional backup for a contending team. Those Jags had a good draft, my friend, and those Jags were in the AFC Championship game, were they not, two years ago? Yeah. Andy Dalton, they maybe played, he'll get his playoff win with the Jags. They played with a rookie quarterback last year and went went out. they got to make up their mind on Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's never going to be He's what a he... a backup. Okay, well, he played pretty well last year. He's a backup. All right, then Andy Dalton. Go for it, baby. Yep, exactly. All right, DJ Carton thought he'd be going for it when he transferred to Marquette. Now it does not appear so. Uh, yesterday, the NCAA recommended against instant eligibility for one-time transfers. They put it off. They kicked the can down the road for another year. I guess they want to pair that up with name, image, and likeness and just start free agency throughout college football right away. Let's do dramatic changes on every front. But it looks like the one-time eligible school-to-school transfer is not going to happen for another year. I uh, actually um, am looking forward to free agency in college. It is going to be crazy I, I i actually can't wait for it i think it's going to be exciting and i think it's going to add to the game oh it's going to add to the game <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to add to the game <laughs> weren't you in the nfl when free agency hit i uh yeah but not until later in my career i went from as a free agent from detroit to buffalo i know you did but when was like the uh, i know the first free agent in baseball was kurt Flagg, but well, or, that's right in your wheelhouse mm, no i no, because I was at the end of my. You were at the end I of went. To, I was thirty when I went to Buffalo. Okay, twenty nine going on thirty. Still when set I went a team record in tackles. Your I, first year in I Buffalo. had an off year. What do you want? I said should have said it by so more. So you didn't have to say. It. I should have said it by more, but anyway. But you were in the Damn NFL. You were in the NFL when free agency came about. Yes, there was something called Plan B free agency, yeah. where Plan B a team could protect like thirty players. Plan B was like, in other words, CYA free agency for owners. Like, we'll let anybody go free agency yeah. who's not really germane. Well, here, what we're here, doing. here's the reality of All the NFL. All backups and special teamers. When I was working in the draft for the Lions last week, and I'm getting back and forth and going back and forth with the uh, with the Lions fans on Twitter, which I enjoyed a lot, by the way, mm-hmm. because I mean there was some snarky stuff going on, but for the most part, it was fun and informational and, and respect people's opinions mm-hmm. and. One of the things was, well, doesn't this make, um, and he was naming uh, a running back and an offensive lineman and a defensive back, well, doesn't this make this guy's job less secure? I said, of course it does. If you're not a starter, you're, they're looking to replace you. And if you're a plug-in starter or a marginal starter, they're looking to replace you. There's about three guys on an average, I bet, three guys on every team that aren't they're not looking to try to replace with something better. Yep. 
that was the driving, that was the knowledge that I took with me when I was in the NFL, understanding that they're trying to replace me, whether it was true or not. I had that seared into my brain. Of course. In fact, I don't know if um, I had some signs in my locker. I don't know if you ever remember seeing pictures of those or. I remember the one I, I about the Super Bowl. To, yeah. But one, the one in the back of the thing was do something not to get cut today. Give them a reason to keep you around. And that was the mentality that I think benefited me throughout my career. So it was just a piece of advice for any young players. They're gonna, they drafted you, but guess what? They're going to try to replace you next year. Uh, the name, image, and likeness thing uh, that we talked you're about. You're welcome. Mr. Spielman. You're not getting any credit for this, <laughs> by the way. Some California politico is getting all the credit for starting this. But uh, you were the uh, forerunner of the name, image, and likeness. You and Ed O'Bannon, I would say. Well, I would Ed O'Bannon, but I would say mine would be for former players, not for former players. Current yes. players, yeah. Um, so you and I had a little bit of a disagreement the other day we on did? what this is going to be worth to Ohio State football players. I made the point, this is going to... I was trying to think, who does this help? Justin. I mean, I mean, in terms of schools. Oh. I think here's the profile of the school this is going to help ideally. Big, you're in a big city without MLB, NFL, NBA. If you're in Alabama. A, if you're in a big city like that, and here are some of my winners. Ohio State, top of the list. Tennessee, Knoxville, Louisville. Louisville basketball players. Louisville gonna, basketball, yeah. Louisville basketball is going to cash in. Lexington. Now, there are going to be others. Duke, North Carolina basketball players in Durham, big time. They're going to be – and some of these guys are going to be statewide factors sure. as endorsers. Ohio State players are going to be statewide factors. I'd argue right now, if I own a car dealership – I think I'd rather have Justin Fields than oh. Joe Burrow or Baker Mayfield. I just had an idea. CEO, go pay Justin Fields to promote the podcast. Our podcast. I'm We have one problem. I'm hoping people will pay us. <laughs> we, not, we, we, oh. we don't have anything to pay oh, other people. Oh, okay. That's right. You have your ten dollar royalty check over there on the floor that you've never cashed. Uh, Are you gonna frame that like the first dollar you ever make in a small business? I'm putting the first it back, dollars putting I made it back into the program. During a podcast? Putting it back into the program. So uh you seem to indicate that you don't think there'll be very many Ohio State players who will make anything. Not a lot. I think they'll have twenty a year. On on a year where they're good. I think they'll have 20,000 20, a year? No, 20 players a year. How we'll much doing money something. do you think they'll make a year? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, Pete Thamel of Yahoo uh, asked the question the other day, how much could Trevor Lawrence make next season under new name, image, and likeness rules? A look at the digital and physical opportunities for stars like Lawrence, including $16,000 per Instagram post. Wow. Because he has like half a million followers. Right. Twitter followers I need to up and my Instagram this. game. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> USC redshirt sophomore cornerback Isaac Taylor Stewart. Anybody ever heard of him? No. Nope. Never. Who accounted for 36 tackles in eight career starts. So less than five tackles a game. Mm -hmm. Which is okay for a corner. Here's what his current accounts look like and a company called Open Doors, which Open Doors is like one of these companies that lines up people who have big social media followings with advertisers, mm -hmm. okay? 
So they know how much your followers are worth right. to an advertiser. It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, he has 17,000 followers on Twitter, so he can make about 1800 bucks a year. Okay, good for him. I'm, i got to get a hold of these people because I have more followers than that, and so do you. <laughs> leaving money, we're leaving money on the table. 33,000 followers on Instagram. <clears throat> he can make six grand off of that. Great. He has, has 26. So those are influencers. So that, yeah. the big money is going to be made with social influence. Yeah. yeah. Justin Fields and right. all these. I'm know. just interested to see what like a car dealer is willing to pay or just or a bank or a retail store or yeah. whatever. I'm just I, I don't know what the market is for those guys. They are the not going to cap how much a guy can make and make whatever he wants to yeah. make. It's good. I, but, I'm, you know, I, this is a little bit I'm st- um, a little bit pro Ohio State on this. What I would like to see is the three-way deal where Ohio State can make a certain percentage, the player will make a certain percentage, and, of course, then the player has to pay whoever negotiates the deal for him a little bit of a percentage. Now, I don't know if that's going to be a family member or what kind of deal, but I I think Ohio State should get some benefit because they are providing that platform for that player. Does that sound reasonable to you? It sounds like you're hard at work, and I don't think that players are going to feel like they have to. Well, do that's that. what I was kind of uh, trying to. That was what you were trying to get, yeah. Where everybody was going to win, even yep. in Ohio State, because I didn't want to take Ohio State's ability away uh, from making any type of income if we had a three way deal between the now famous or infamous, depending on who you are, the three way deal between Chris Spielman, Honda. And Ohio State. Imagine what Zion Williamson could have made in his oh. year at Duke. He's yeah, a, I mean, he's those a guys, national name. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to be a national guy. So Trevor Lawrence, they think, could make a million dollars a year. I, I can see that. Now, here's here's something that nobody talks about, and I we might as well talk about it. Is it conceivable that since Trevor Lawrence can make a million a year, or since uh, whatever, that it might entice a kid to stay in school longer because that's i mean i know he can ma- i know he can make more in the nfl i get it i know he can i know that's where they want to get to but it's like let's take like mark sanchez a couple years back pete carroll wanted him to stay another year at usc no i'm going i'm going i can't wait to get there well maybe if mark sanchez was making a million dollars a year at usc he might go million yeah, dollars a year as a college student not a bad deal and coach thinks i need another year and the nfl kind of thinks i need another year uh, I'm gonna hang around another year. Yeah. No, I think that's 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 possible. I would consider that if I were in those guys' position. And by the way, speaking of new upstarts, and this is a new way. Again, I think this is also a new way for the universities to generate some type of income because it's going to help the universities. Because if you have Trevor Lawrence, who can make money nationally, is a nationally known name, right? Has national appeal. Help you recruit. It helps. Uh, it helps Clemson. It also helped help in recruiting. By the way, our starting quarterback made a million dollars a year last year. See, that was a question I wanted ha- to have asked on the uh, NCAA call the other day was, can Ryan Day use this? Yes. Well, we don't know that he can, but the kids are going to know how much somebody's making. Oh, yeah. Okay, the kids are going to know. The word's going to get out. There's nothing that would keep Justin Fields from telling C.J. Stroud, hey, by the way, as quarterback at Ohio State, I'm making like seven hundred fifty grand. Right. Now, 
that can't, Ryan Day might not be able to put that in a recruiting brochure. They might Jerry Emig might not be able to put that in a media guide. But I got quarterbacks have made. Blah, blah, blah. But there'll be enough stories written but, about but how the, much these guys. Sure, sure, made. sure. And so it, the word will get out. But it, it's a, it'll be interesting if they can actually market it and talk about it. The other, by the way, the other school that I think is going to make big uh, progress off this is Texas. Yeah, Texas in Austin. No pro sports in Austin. Texas is a school much like Ohio State with reach throughout the state. Sure. There are other schools in Texas, but they're going to do well. Now, sure. they're going to be a lot of schools are going to do well because every school, like the Auburn kids are going to do well because they're going to have a crazy booster who will pay them or whatever. But, I mean, they're going to be – this is going to widen the gap in the Big Ten between Ohio State and everyone else in football. This is going oh, to yeah. – well, this is I think going to Michigan, some Michigan that guys will do well because of the brand. Is the brand is? I think the if brand you match worth, the, is brand, the brand worth much now. If there's some way to match the brand in the player, then that's going to help. Okay, both let's parties. let's go back to last year's Michigan football team. Michigan is a team that we've pretty much we acknowledge. Michigan's a nine-win program every year, right? Pretty much nine wins, right? That's what they've been under Harbaugh. They're nine wins. Okay, so on last year's Michigan team, who's cashing in? Probably Shea Patterson, the only one I can just because of the nature of the position. I'm not. He's a pretty inconsistent with, player, within Chris. Within the state, Bruce. Within the state of you Michigan, you got your choice of a Red Wing. You got your choice of Matt Stafford. You got your choice of Darius okay. Slay. And I would you got your say choice this. of I would say Pistons that players. That the I would think in Michigan, see Ohio. In Michigan, you're competing with Pistons, Red Wings, Lions. Yeah. Okay. You're not. Comp- you're competing against the Browns and Bengals here in the state of Ohio, but Ohio State is a unique brand yeah, where where is. Ohio State's brand can compete. So is Texas. So is Tennessee. Or may, maybe I would I would venture to say that Ohio State's brand is bigger than the Browns brand and the Bengals. Brand. If you're John Deere in the state of Ohio, I'd rather have Justin Fields than I would Joe Burrow or, or Baker, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I would. I would too. Uh, if you're quick in loans or somebody like, look, so I think it would, depends would on an Ohio State player be bigger than LeBron? No. Would he be bigger than Colin Sexton? Yes. Well, I think Ohio is, is unique, and that's a benefit to yep. Ohio and Ohio State, and that's something I would think if I were sitting in the living room and I was allowed to talk about marketing opportunities to a young high school recruit, I would point out the uniqueness of the state of Ohio because of the brand, where the brand as far as sports goes, there's nothing, in my opinion, in football, Ohio State's brand is bigger than the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Columbus Crew and Cincinnati United or whatever whatever that team is. Um, FC Cincinnati. Okay, whatever. You know what I mean. So, yeah, it's all good. Way, more than merrier. Capitalism. Yeah. So they're going to do very, very well. Ohio we, State's going to do need very, it. very well. Um, we'll stand by and see how well they do. Uh, all right. Would you like to uh, draw some names? Sure. Some COVID nineteen relief winners. Can I do it? Since how about it, big I'm man? Washed. You won't be able to read my writing or read my notes. You can draw the name and then hand me one. I'm going to draw all. Send your nominations in SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, tell us a story about the person. You know, a little a little note or whatever. Scott Goins. Scott Goings nominates Kim Blaisdell of. Oviedo, Florida. Wow. But I think she's sequestered right now in Michigan. 
So uh, we'll uh, let Scott know. Okay. Congratulations. Scott, congratulations. Maddie McDonald. Maddie McDonald nominated her mom, who's a small business owner. Um, I will try to find that email and tell you a little bit about uh, Maddie McDonald's mom. Okay. Brandon Kizak. Matt and Heather Chambers. BMV store, whatever that means. Okay. Um, Brandon Kizak is from Medina. Matt and Heather Chambers. Yeah, I don't remember that story. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have a date on it, so I can't look that one up. Okay. But uh, our final winner is uh, Martin DeVita. And Martin Martin was the winner of our um, premier at Sawmill Athletic Club one year. He's a big leaguer. Membership. Martin's a P1 of the podcast. <laughs> and Martin nominates Rick Soga, his barber. Oh, so congratulations, cool. Martin. Fantastic. Um so we appreciate that. Uh, we had an email from a gentleman. Go ahead and look it up. I want to make an announcement. Okay. Go Wanting ahead. to know about um, how they can contribute to COVID-19 relief. And I've said, and you've said, you feel a personal burden that this needed to be you raising $40,000. And, and my family. And your family. Right. And we have encouraged people to make their own donations to local food banks or to just a local whatever. Or worthwhile to, charity, to their church, whatever. Just to make a donation. Just to, This was done to spark an attitude of giving. Yes. And uh, if you're so motivated to do that, uh, we love hearing that, and we'd love for you to give. And be on the lookout at, on our Twitter account, at We Tackle. Bruce mm -hmm. will have all the names up there and a little synopsis of the winners, which should usually come later today than yeah. what we try to do. Just <clears throat> for those that may be new to the podcast, Bruce will – get the information. He CCs uh, my wife, Carrie. My wife, Carrie, gets in touch with the folks, gets their information, and it is our goal by today to try to have the money in their hands by today, if not today, at the very latest on Monday. So, so Maddie McDonald nominates her mom who operates a small business in Canal Winchester. She needs $625 to pay the rent on her store. Um, said we were doing really well, then we had to close our store. Mm. Uh, she cannot get unemployment because she's self-employed. I've been there. I'm there right now. Same uh, same situation. She says, uh, Maddie says, I can't either because I live at home and don't have a real job. I just help my mom. She gives me a place to live and buys me what I need. I don't know how to drive, so I don't have a car payment or anything. Uh, so, yeah. So, there you go. That's why. So, this is, this is the front lines of this. You know, this yeah. kind of stuff is going on, and it's um, very difficult for people. And we appreciate everyone who's giving. And here's the stack of cards that we've drawn since the beginning. So you can see. So we'll wow. add these four names to it. That's awesome. And uh, we appreciate everybody. We talked a little bit earlier about AUI, the insurance brokerage in Cleveland. They're or in Akron, rather. Uh, they're encouraged. They encourage their employees to do a hundred hours or do hours of community service every year. And then whoever does the most, and they they award them, uh, I think a thousand dollars at the end of the year. Kurtz Brothers uh, Mulch and Soils, where you can get your mulch right now. They're giving you thirty eight percent off your bulk mulch. In the form of a gift card. So you get 38% off, but you get that amount back, and then they encourage you to spend that at a local restaurant. So we love any – and you've got a business that's giving back? Tell us about them. We'll give them a little shout-out. Okay. I'm all in it. I knew you would be. What uh, – you said you had some other emails to read today or not? Yeah, I can find those. Uh, do you want to go into the faith portion, or you um, want me to uh, – I'm going to do it. You know what? I got an email from the guy who tweeted about uh, the Pappy Van Winkles. Okay. 
Do you want to go into that again or not? Sure. Go into anything. All right. Uh, this is, he said, I wanted to follow up on my alcohol tweet. He acknowledges, he said, I should have, um, I should have uh, emailed you guys, rather. He says, the question I wanted to pose is this. Do you think it's a good idea to tweet about drinking as a follower of Christ? Before you disregard me, hear me out. I know it's not a sin to drink. The sin is being drunk. Uh, We can agree to disagree on things like should we drink or what kind of music should be played at church. He gives a couple verses here. Romans 14, 21. It It is a noble thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother stumble. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 9, and 10. Take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another verse about not putting a stumbling block in anyone's pass, uh, path. He says, thank you for all that you guys do. I've been such a fan of yours, Chris, since I was a kid watching you play for OSU and the Lions. Bruce, you won my respect. <laughs> this is funny. When you found a way to explain to a former colleague who Jesus is, and shared the gospel over the air. Uh, it was a result of an interview that he did, this other person and his partner did, with Derek Carr during the draft. Yes, I remember that well. Derek Carr said that he wanted to look at his NFL career as a ministry. Mm-hmm. And these two colleagues of mine said, I don't want him then. I don't want him. I want a guy who was motivated to play football. And I was just like, well, you don't understand what he means by that. And I explained right. what he meant by that. And If you're motivated to treat your job as a ministry, that's the kind of worker you want. You yeah. want that guy because he's motivated by a higher purpose. Right. Uh, I I don't have any arguments with that. Guys are very respectful of each other's faith in the locker room, wherever that faith may come from. And so certainly in the NFL, one of the great things that they do do is they have plenty of worship opportunities because they know that Sundays – not any, none of them that are involved with the team during the season go to church, but they bring church to the players. Uh, where I've actually, working on a road, have attended mass on a Saturday night where teams will bring a priest in to the hotel, or they have the option of a non-denominational worship session on mm-hmm. Saturday nights. Every team that I've been involved with or that I've been around offers both to the players. So I think it's it's really cool. And there's, you know, it's probably, I would say, 70% of all the team's personnel, not players, but everybody involved are at one or the other. Mm-hmm. Maybe 30% choose not to go, which brings my, again, my, back to his point about uh, stumble. Or, I, I'm, uh, I am try to be a, a, a good role model. I try to be, I'm very aware that people hear what I say. I'm very aware of my words and my actions and my behaviors because I know that I may or may not influence one person. So I'm aware of that. Uh, Tweeting about uh, a bourbon to me was uh, kind of a putting it in line because I know a lot of my friends and people that I know enjoy bourbon or enjoy wine, not to the point of excess or to be drunk, but uh, we'll just agree to disagree that I'm not promoting drunkenness. And there is some type of self-control and self-responsibility 
that has to take place. I am not responsible for the choices, nor should I be responsible for the choices of people. If they can't discern from themselves spiritually where they are, then that's an issue that they need to work on. I can't have an hour-long conversation with one individual that I don't know. Yeah. And there's a certain sense of responsibility and discernment and free choice and free will. And I guess where I come into play is almost like dealing with this COVID-19. I believe that people are at an age of accountability where they can make their own choices Mm -hmm. and their own decisions no matter what I put up there. But with that being said, I am certainly aware of what message that I put out there and my intentions are never to put something out there that would cause harm. As you know, um, I lost my best friend and my roommate to a drunk driver. I shared a story of my two stepdaughters losing um, a sorority sister's sister to a drunk driver up in the Pittsburgh Youngstown area. Mm-hmm. Actually went to high school with her father. Mm. So I know that pain. Mm. So obviously I am not going to be a proponent of getting hammered. Uh, I don't mind if a person eats a steak. I enjoy a good steak now and then. As mentioned, I also ate three Whoppers last night. Just beca- And I talked about eating three Whoppers last night. And I... I'm not saying that eat. You should all do that. You should all go eat three Whoppers. I did it because I wanted to do it. I never do it. I wanted to do it. I enjoyed it. It was great. But I don't make a lifestyle out of eating three Whoppers. And it's up to each individual to choose freely. Like our faith is a free choice. Yes. To follow. Uh, I am not a cult leader. No, you're not a cult leader. I, can I mean, do you understand where yes, I'm coming I do, from? Yes. And, and he, I understand he, where he, he's, he's coming from. He's coming from, a, yeah, he and you, we're in agreement on this. He knows he didn't, he'd do it differently over again, as I would many things. And I would gladly that have that discussion with yeah. him, and I just did. I would say, this is how I see it. This is how you see it. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is, well, uh, I would never promote drunkenness. I promote health and fitness as much as I can on this show. I promote it in my house. But if I am going to sit here and say that I came in and I was proud of myself for eating three Whoppers, that if I did that for yearly, that would not be good for me. But I'm, no. but I can't be accountable or I don't want to be accountable to somebody. Well, Spillman ate three Whoppers, so I'm going to eat three Whoppers. Every and day. That, and that and every day. And that dude has a heart attack. That's not going to be on my conscience. No. Trust me. Uh, Ryan emails the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Just wanted to drop you guys a quick note of encouragement. I've been listening for quite some time. Made the transition to the podcast when you started. I was thrilled to get you two back. I always listen for the sports content, but thought it was such a great thing that you could talk about faith without limits. I would now say the faith portion is the reason I listen. Over the sports, it's such a blessing to me when you guys share your faith journey, and I get to hear it each week. It helps me reconnect to Christ myself by just getting to listen to the conversation. Thanks for helping me along. I appreciate you both. P.S. Bruce, I listen to you a lot on Sundays, and I could see you becoming a pastor Sunday. That's what I, th- I said. That's why I keep asking you how your number's doing. 
Would you like to do that? I could uh, be a. I had my my uh, cousin Bob, who is uh, an amazing man, and I was going to talk about Bob in the faith portion of the podcast today. Uh, asked me one time. He said, "You ever think about being a pastor?" And I said, "Bob, I'm a speaker. I'm not a pastor." I'm, I'm, I I disagree. I don't know that I have the compassion that a pastor needs, um, or the patience for church politics. But but I I I would think that would be a we're talking about stumbling blocks from our yep. friend that's your a stumbling block for you yeah that uh passion pa- um patience tolerance passion yeah and oh, patience over and over and over and over and over speaking i'm very interested in so if you have if your church needs a guest speaker or anything any kind of speaking thing i can come and talk about Many topics. I was going to say whatever you want me to talk about. I can't do that. I can talk about many topics that I'm passionate about, but I'm uh, open to speaking engagements. And I honestly, one of the things I'd love to do, I'd love to be able to provide for my family by being a speaker, an evangelical speaker, leadership speaker. That'd be a wonderful thing. That'd be a wonderful I've, blessing uh, if I could do that, impact people, help people. I can. I get the, the, I do some public speaking if you weren't aware of Bruce. I I'm aware. If you were aware of that. I'm not in your neighborhood. Of the uh, d- of demand or ability, you're great. You don't you don't do it with notes. <laughs> you just speak from the heart. No, yeah. Chris, I'm serious, man. No. You're you're. And here's the thing: when I, <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to bring this up. So you oh, go ahead. fire back. It's fine. When no, I was problem. running cross country and track in high school, three times state champ, two times. Oh, you probably well, I had thirty. Did you get a sick feeling in your stomach before a big game? A nervous anticipation sure. a bit of dread yeah. whatever not dread more of uh anticipation well, like I just, let's, I, let's get going before we'd run a race i'd be like man let's just get this over with like i i, I didn't mean like i didn't want to do it yeah i just was like and not not the same as like a racehorse in the starting gate i mean there was a mixture of anticipation but it was a it was a queasy sickness kind of a thing yeah i think you're like that when you speak you're like i don't really if you could if I could leave now, I'd leave. Really? But I know I can't leave. I I want to do this. Every time I get a speaking engagement, and I take that as a good sign. I take that yeah. as a that got that that it means something to me, that I'm not taking it for granted, that I'm caring about how I'm preparing, that I'm passionate about it landing on people. And so I, I know there have been times where you'd be like, I don't I, I don't want I got this call and I gotta talk to this person and I got yeah. and I don't want to do oh, it. Yeah. But God moves me out of my comfort zone out and then the after zone. I do it, I'm like Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh a couple things on that. You know, I, I do talk to a lot of people that deal with cancer and most of it's not good. The conversations aren't good. I've talked to you about this before. Mm-hmm. I've talked to professionals about this. How do I handle this? What do I say? And every time a call comes, I just ask God to, you know, give me wisdom here because I got no idea what to say. No mm-hmm. matter how many of these calls I have, I have no idea what to say. I found what has helped me when I talk to people that are just devastated is that... um. I, I always say from my experience because yeah. my experience is I'm only trying to give them information on what happened to me and the feelings that I had and how I dealt with it, how I made a decision to start dating again, how I made a decision to get married again. Those All those things because those are conversations that I have 
with guys because I some of the same feelings before I decided to get married or started dating again, like I was having feelings of guilt, mm-hmm. like I was cheating, mm-hmm. which is irrational, but it was very real to me. Sure. And, and I think when people, when I have these type of conversations with folks, it gives them a sense of somebody actually understands what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. But I think it helps when I speak to the experiences that I have and, and that it's a journey and there's no right or wrong answer. So that's important. Now, as far as the speaking and the anxiety, you're right. I do get anxiety. I thought, wait, do I? But then I thought about it while you were talking. I do get anxiety, um, especially for the ones that are, are, are paid. Mm-hmm. And why do you think I get ones that are paid? Why do I think I get the most anxiety of the ones that are paid? And most of them are paid speaking engagements. Why do you think that is? Well, because I think you want to deliver on I want to expectations. Do a great, I want to do a great job, sure. I want to do a great job, and I want to make sure that these people um, felt like they got their money's worth. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to Missouri in June uh, to give one that's you know very important in I'm debating whether to drive, and I don't like to fly. But this company is supposed to fly this. They got a pilot, a park, you know, a, do the private jet. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think it's a private jet. Is my point. I think it's a. Oh, it's like a guy. Yeah. Like, well, it's a private jet, but it's like a guy's plane. There's yeah. a difference between a. Pri- there's a difference between a private yeah. jet and a guy flying you in his plane. How far? Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think I'd drive that. One. <laughs> Unless I saw a picture of the plane. I got to see a picture of the plane. You're yeah. right. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. But um, my, my point is, I, I think it's it's really interesting how God has used me over the years mm-hmm. because um, you knew me when I, you, I didn't know you, but you knew me when I was young. And I was standoffish and an introvert, a big introvert, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I still consider myself an introvert. I don't like to do a lot of things. I don't really have a ton of friends. I don't go out a lot. And, um, I mean, even with my crew during TV broadcast, my producer, he looks at us where we, we go out to dinner as a team. I don't want to go every mm-hmm. Friday night, but it's a team function and it's, it's important to him that I'm there. And we came to a compromise that when it hits eight, 55 and the check's not there he tells me to leave because he knows that i don't like being out past nine o'clock on a, fr- on a friday night yeah. so i just so it's funny how god put me in a position which i'm uncomfortable with but i think i'm pretty decent at as far as fundraising and getting up and speaking in front of people getting mm-hmm. on, a ra- on a radio or slash podcast to be able to talk where in my private life i'm totally opposite <laughs> Of what I am on this podcast, mm-hmm. in in a lot of ways, not every way, but a lot of ways. A lot of ways, you yeah. are, yeah, very different, so, very different. So it's a, it's been an interesting journey for me. So, uh, reminder: auiinfo.com for insurance, brokerage uh, services, HR services, many other things. They do extras for you as a small business owner. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com to order your coffee. Kurtz Brothers giving you that 38% discount. What do you have for us? You well, wanted I have, to intersect uh, the COVID-19 giveaway. We want to remind you, send your emails of nominees to SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. I have a, a parenting tip mm-hmm. that I'm trying to do and been trying to do for a long time. Um, I 
have a goal in mind that every day I try to make all my children laugh. And I try to make my wife laugh. Not, not all day, but every day I try to do something to make them laugh. And if, if it's me acting like a fool and it makes them laugh, to see them smile and laugh, I can't tell you, for, for me, I can only speak for me, the joy that I, brings me when I see them smile. And so, like, what I've been doing lately is freestyle rapping. Ooh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, like, I'll, I'll surprise them and just, like, they'll be doing their homework. Yeah, a couple of them were doing their homeschooling yesterday, and I came in and just started busting out this freestyle rap and i just all it is it's not even i wouldn't even call it that that's what i call it. i tell them that it's my art and my art will not be bounded by time or something and they look at me like that's funny and and, and they laugh right and they look at me and shake their heads and my um youngest stepdaughter uh, who's got a just very vibrant and alive and chit chatty and gee i wonder where she gets she that. said I literally have no words. <laughs> I've been there. Kendra or Gina? I've been there. Gina. Gina. Gina I've yeah. been there, Gina. And so. It leaves me speechless from time to time. So that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I thought to myself, you know, that this is really going to be a goal is to whatever it is. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Like eating three Whoppers in 10 minutes, we're making them happy and laughing. So it's whatever it is. I encourage, if you're a parent, to try to make your spouse or your children laugh once a day. That's a good goal to have. Man, it, I think that's awesome. It, I think that's it, awesome. It's, I can't tell you, Bruce, that it's such, those little things that provide such, and that's a God thing, right? Yep. It's those little things that provide such peace. Yeah. Just by that. you know, It's going to make your marriage stronger. It's yeah. going to make your relationship with your children stronger. It really is. Okay. That's fantastic. Um, and I had a Bible. I I had a, a saying today. I, I think it was. You know, I'm a fan of C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had this. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only having more of it than the next man. And I think that was a strong statement on pride. But I was talking. I was looking about tithing today and being prideful and all that. Like, mm-hmm. I struggle with. Okay, we had a goal of raising forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but biblically, I'm I'm supposed to keep it secret and quiet, you. Yeah. you know. But the, yeah. but I can't do it if I don't tell people right about it. Just like we can't give away what we're giving away if we don't tell people we don't tell people about what we're, what we're giving away. away. Yeah, and so do you understand my little. Yeah, I don't Conflict. think I, I have not sensed at all, not even a vestige of pride in you that, hey, look at this. It's just you're only, you're, you sense fulfillment in having felt that God put that on your heart and through the generosity of other people, right. you were able to but fulfill a, what God asked you to do. I'm in a position to do that. And it comes from like my fundraising uh, experiences in the cancer world. You know, I, I've got to tell people about what we're doing. You know, I don't tell people how much I give to uh, my church every every year or what other things I do. 
but when I'm raising money and I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to self, I know my, the thing that helps me is I know what my intentions are in my heart. And that, I think that gives me a little bit of peace. So there you go. There's some, a little bit of advice as far as parenting, take it or leave it. And as far as the struggles of pride, which all human beings have, I think especially men deal with pride issues mm-hmm. biblically, uh, my struggles there and uh, how I kind of, uh, like you, have the same struggles. Uh, I just want to mention today encouragement and taking the focus off ourselves at this time when we're uh, sequestered. There's a tendency, I think, for us to focus on or think about what we're missing, what we can't do. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring uh, onto your radar what some people are struggling with in this time. I lost my parents in the last three years. And I honestly am so thankful for how God took them both because I'm grateful that now I don't have to have a parent who is failing and I can't go see them and they would be confused why I can't go see them. I have several people who are in that very situation. And if you are a praying person and you want to join me in praying for uh, Mike and Harvey and Nancy, they either have spouses or parents right now who are failing and I just hurt for them as they try to offer compassion and (laughs) kindness to them in this very challenging time. I was also thinking today, I mentioned earlier about my, he is my cousin, but he is over 90 years of age. He was a contemporary of my father. He's a pastor in um, Denver, the Denver area. Mm -hmm. Um, And Bob is an amazing guy. And he started a mega church in Denver, Faith Bible Chapel. It's a multi-campus church. He's no longer affiliated with them. But I, I hear these stories of Bob's ministry, and he's a big sports guy. And he brought so many men to Christ through uh, their church fast-pitch softball team. Can, was, I, can I just correct you in one? Yeah. I think he exposed so many people to Christ because I— Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, the Holy Spirit I, yeah. brings him to Christ. Yeah, yeah. okay. He, he I, I just—I I, want to be—that's— yeah. yeah. Kind of, he was a facilitator of men co- of men coming. I'm to not faith. criticizing you. No, I just fine. think no, that right. I think it's the Holy Spirit makes that. But it helps me saying that I I'm not keeping the scorecard yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. My my friend Matt makes a great point. He's like I he says I've learned in my life I'm a lousy Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we plant seeds. Bob's planted many. There seeds. you go. Thank you. And the Holy Spirit's made some of them many many of them grow. But he was a sports fan. Mm-hmm. And he also had a heart for um, the nation of Israel and Jewish people Mm -hmm. and what God calls him in the Bible for us to love the Jewish people. Well, Bob started a day at their church where they would um, ingrain uh, Jewish culture and make, make people here aware of Jewish culture and tie the Old Testament to the New Testament. To shorten the story a bit, Bob took his big choir from his church to Israel to sing. He has been friends with Menachem Begin, Golda Meir, and Benjamin Netanyahu, and his brother who was killed in the raid on Entebbe. Here's this guy, this sports fan who grew up in West Liberty, Ohio, matriculated to Denver, Colorado. God took his interests 
and his love for sports and his love for the Jewish people. And he introduced him to world leaders. And That's amazing. To, he's got Benjamin Netanyahu's cell phone number. Yeah. I mean, and I just think about how there, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm kind of afraid to serve God because I don't want to live in a hut in Haiti. My thing would be if you're not geared for that, he's not going to ask you to do that. He's going to gift gift you, give you the gifts to do that. But I think we all can have to tie it up together, the gift of compassion. We can all think about what my friends Mike and Harvey and Nancy are going through right yeah. now with their parents. And so just remember them at this time and remember people in nursing homes and remember if you're a praying person or just even if you encounter people, just express compassion in some way. You just All those are great points. You just said something there that really hit me home and it gives me a little peace. Um, is about living in a hut in Haiti then God's not going to, you're not equipped to do that. Yeah. Kind of. I don't want to be a fundraiser in cancer I don't want to be a speaker, but that's where God can use me most. And he's equipped me to he's do that. And even though I don't want to a lot, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it, but you know, it's just, it causes anxiety for me. A friend of mine who I've met through my cousin Bob's church in Denver said to me one time, he said, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. I agree with that. That's great. That's a great, that's another great thing. So that's our podcast for today. Went a little longer than normal, but that's okay. Uh, that's a great thing. We don't have. Uh, well, a lot of people have some extra time on their hands. We don't have a PD. Fortunately or unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so get those nominations in for the podcast relief, COVID-19 relief, $250. Congratulations to our winners today. We'll be notifying them and they'll probably have their money by the end of the day if they can access it by electronic means. Um, hopefully by Monday, we, yeah. she works really hard. She knows your wife carries. She's got a lot. Out. She's got a lot on her plate. Um, and out there, I'm going to ask everybody to pray for my one my stepdaughter who's uh, had nothing life threatening or anything, but some medical issues that we're dealing with. That there's she gets some relief Great. and and some answers. We'll do. Keep that. Thank you. You got it. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again Monday. Spielman and Hooley. We tackle life podcast.